0: And for those of you who may not know me, uh, I joined Chestnut Street Church 20 years ago, and uh, uh, was was part of everything that uh, went on. Um, I'm a retired social worker. I'm from Michigan, and and you're seeing me from Michigan today. I came back here about four years ago to uh, look after my mom and her ailing health. And uh, so one nice thing about the virus for me is, is that uh, I can see all of you on Sunday morning, so that means a lot to me. Thank you. Uh, but no thanks to the to the virus. Um, uh, presently, I, I, I am retired, but I'm very active in senior services here in my community, and I also do hospice work uh, as a volunteer, and I have uh, long uh, history of of uh, being involved in and in work with bereavement, and so I was uh, asked to give the message today, and when I was asked what to, you know, for bereavement, I had my own ideas of, of what I wanted to do, so here I am. Um, I call this the four stages of grief adapted to the times that we're living in now, and I'd like to begin with an opening scripture from Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn will form from on high, will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. If you are like Detective Joe Friday, interested in only the facts, you will be generally disappointed with today's message. But if you get a thrill from emotional roller coaster rides and believe that pigs can grow wings, then this message will probably feel right for you. The four-phase model of grief was created by British psychiatrist John Bowlby and his colleague Colin Murray Parks. They first presented this model in an international psychology conference in 1970. These are the four phases of grief. Number one, shock and numbness. Two, yearning and searching for the lost figure. Three, disorganization and despair. Four, greater or lesser degree of reorganization. Chapter one, shock and numbness. Hey, wait a minute. This can't be happening to me. Not now. I made plans. I have responsibilities. This might happen to other people, but it doesn't happen to me. The body you are in begins to feel as though it is not your own. Visual perceptions begin to tunnel. You consider whether this is just a dream from which you will awake to your normal world. Your ability to concentrate is diminishing. It seems strange. Shouldn't you be angry or frightened right about now? You've just been cut off from your emotions. Your hands, face, and feet are cold. Feeling lightheaded, you sit down. You gradually begin to realize that the reasoning function in your brain has taken an unrequested leave of absence. In the hours and days that pass, hunger is suppressed. Sleep is shallow and brief. Despite the fatigue that has established its home in your body and mind, Each moment in time is disconnected and disordered. You wonder if you lost your mind, but you are clueless as to where it might be found. Family and friends are sympathetic and speak with confident authority of what you need to believe and precisely what actions should be taken. You appreciate their good intentions and this casserole they brought but none of this can snap you out of this haze and bring you back to your beloved normal. Your emotional state continues in low key, but occasionally there comes a sudden burst of protest against the disease, against someone or another, or God. Something should have been done to prevent this catastrophe, anything. How can there be no mercy? no justice. Why the suffering? How could anyone allow this to happen? Somebody needs to make things right. Chapter two, yearning and searching for the lost figure. You just want normal. How can that be so wrong? You long for summer parades, festivals, live music, gathering with families and friends. You yearn for a crowded beach, hugging and holding hands, safely shopping and finding exactly what you want. Everything in your life, relationships and schedules, vacations and celebrations are buried under a mountain of uncertainty. You watch the news and more news, then a lot more news. Listening for hints about where normal has gone and when it might return. Experts are interviewed and asked the very questions that are constantly circling around your mind. When will this be over? When will I be safe? How much longer must I wait? Things are not as bad as they say, don't be scared. Join us and we can make everything great again. We don't have all the answers, but these are things you can do to protect yourself and others. With these behavioral changes, we can safely get back to normal, oh, in a couple of months. There are supply shortages. The system is overwhelmed. More people are dying. It may take a year or longer before any of this is resolved, but life as we have known it will never be the same. You witness further political divisions, brutality by police against the marginalized, and peaceful protesters being threatened with violence. You wonder if the country has regressed to where it was 60 years ago. What has become of the moral and civil progress that had been achieved in these recent decades of normal? You yearn for social justice, civil decency, environmental accountability, healthcare and equal opportunities for every person on the planet. There are, these are your most deeply held visions for the future, but now any hope or promise seems to be diminishing with each breaking news event. Chapter 3, Disorganization and Despair. What day is it? Does it even matter? Will you sleep or get up? Routines have slipped away. Desires and motivation are on vacation. There is no joy. Thoughts prowl through your mind. Every choice you made in life was bad. You messed everything up. No one to blame but you. With others for whom you have responsibility, You consider how much better off they could be without you. Escape is found through sleep. You dream of the house you grew up in. No one else's home. You are in the basement. Everything is exactly as you remember, except for another door you have not ever seen before. Curious, you slowly open it. On the other side, it is dark with a most unpleasant smell. But you proceed down the ancient creepy steps, guided only by the light of the basement above. The floor is dirt. In the center of the room, you face the back of a child, sitting naked and covered in filth. You want to help the child, but not sure what to do. So, You ask questions. Who are you? You know who I am. Why are you here? You know why I'm here. Who did this to you? Oh, you don't remember. You locked me down here a really long time ago. Chapter four, greater or lesser degree of reorganization. Wake up! No going back to sleep after that nightmare. Get up, go to the bathroom, find your day clothes and get dressed. Fix your preferred morning drink. Get your jacket and step outside. The air is cold and refreshing on your face. It is dark. Your eyes adjust to the shadows and shapes of things that are less suspicious in the light and color gradually increase. Start walking. Where? It doesn't matter. Just keep walking. You wonder about the child in your dream. Who is that person? Is it you? Is it Jesus? Could it be every person who has ever been born? After all, no one has ever born a fully mature and independent being You realize now the many people, places, and times that you have long abandoned. You come to your favorite place to sit or stand and witness the rising sun. This is not just another morning. This is the moment of life restarting, relationships re-engaging, spiritual possibilities reviving and the reversal of all the suffering of the world welcome to re-beginning and to close i'd like to read from the scripture isaiah chapter 58 verses 8 through 9. then your light shall break forth like dawn and your healing shall break bring up spring up quickly your vindicator shall go before you the glory of the lord shall be your rear guard then you shall call and the lord will answer you shall cry for help and he will say here i am amen
1: Thank you, Jim. We're going to hear a beautiful song of hope and despair brought to us by Corey, Arnim, and Kelly. Give thanks for this gift. Hi, my name is Ophelia. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm the worship coordinator.